Welcome to The Lisa Show and our creativity series. I'm really excited to dive into another artist that we're speaking to um, about creativity, how we can incorporate it more into our lives, and the different ways that we can approach it with habits uh, to make it a better life for us. And today, I'm excited to have friend of The Lisa Show, Carrie Ann Rhodes, here. Thanks for your time. It's always my pleasure. This is Please introduce one. yourself for those who may not know you and explain a little bit about your um, professional creative endeavors. <laughs> my oeuvre? My- yes. Um, <laughs> Please. <laughs> I'm, I'm Carrie Ann Rhodes, and I these days I would, I would call myself an artist, although it has taken me maybe a while to, to get to that name. Okay, that's interesting. Um, we'll get to that later. Well, we can get to that. I started off um, as an art major, ended up graduating with a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Interior Design. And I was an interior designer for years, and my specialty was retail, um, designing retail stores. And then... I moved into teaching interior design classes, and I have loved that. And I did that for about 10 years. And now I'm in a phase where I'm lucky enough I can choose to be home with my young children who, you know, I I really want to be around for this phase. And so I'm working on the artist side of me, of developing um, crafts that craft that I already like, and then also learning how to do new things. This has been a good time of life for me. So I like that. I, I have met you uh, several years ago, and I'm always continually fascinated and inspired <laughs> by the creative things that you just dive into. For example, I know that you're, you have a standing date at a pottery ceramics studio and that you're doing that. You gifted me some wood-burning <laughs> items. Uh-huh. You cook amazing food. Thank you. You design um and and your love of like fabric, of jewelry, of fashion, of I home sew decor. a little bit. You sew a little bit, you arrange flowers. Like it's so fascinating to me to hear your professional creative endeavors <laughs> because I think that you're one of those people who doesn't, and correct me if I'm wrong delineate between this is what I do professionally and this is what I do for a hobby and this is what I do as an interest. Right. Just to you, it seems like this you are just- what I do for friends. Right. <laughs> living a creative life or the the definition of it. The, the inability to say no is both a <laughs> blessing and a curse. Oh. And the blessing is that sometimes I get to do things that are out of my wheelhouse, as they say, or out of even out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. But I love a challenge. Um, the only negative side is is I've never gotten myself into something I couldn't do. That's not the problem with saying okay. no, like that something was just a disaster. <laughs> but just time. My, like it, my time suffers where I say, oh, yes, I can do that. And then like the project comes due and I'm like, oh my gosh, deadline. And then my whole life goes crazy until I accomplish it. And that's when my husband is like, maybe you should learn how to say no. And I say no to saying no. Well, I feel like your heart is creative then. And your heart's like, what is time and money, (laughs) right? Children can feed themselves these days. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, I I have a little bit of like seeking adventure. That's my my adrenaline rush (laughs) is... Doing a big project or even trying something new, like the ceramics, that was a whole new endeavor. And one reason why I've stuck with it so long mm-hmm. is because I wasn't good at it. 
it it wasn't something that I was like, yes, I'll try that. And then <laughs> look how good I am. Look at how this. good I was at this. Uh, no, it was really hard and I couldn't do it. And so, so what made you keep going? Because I want to be able to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and I wanted to be good at it. But it's taken like three years and I'm still a beginner. I mean, I'm still a beginner. But my brain, it's been good for my brain. My brain has loved it. This is so fascinating. And you've already gotten into a lot of the themes about creativity that I wanted to talk to. Um, You know, in this series, we've talked um, previously about different creative habits and different things that we've learned from it and from different, you know, disciplines, uh, you know, um, how that sort of tension between working on some creative constraints um, is helpful Mm -hmm. and how you sort of push through these kinds of, of, maybe hardships or imposter syndrome and all of that. What I would like to ask you is a different kind of approach in that in just living a creative life. So talk to me about how maybe your expression, uh, you know, the desire it seems like has been, has always been there. How mm-hmm. has your expression of creativity changed over your life? Um, I always felt like it was really pretentious to call yourself an artist if, if I had, and I had this like imaginary criteria of what that would entail, like you have to sell stuff to be an artist or you have to be like a somewhat well-known Maybe to be an artist. Beret. Yeah. Mm. Mm, wear chunky jewelry. Right. And, um, and so uh, while I wanted to be an artist growing up, like I just had, I had, you know, I had to have my degree. I had to have my 10,000 hours in that one thing. And that's kind of one reason why even still, <laughs> I'd rather call myself a designer than an artist because people have people put a lot of label on something that's an artist mm-hmm. where I feel like calling myself a designer, it really does open up um, like beyond the fine arts, right? Beyond like painting or charcoals. Like I've done product design and that, you know, that doesn't like fit into the fine art category. Um but what that's something I just need to let go of because an artist can be an artist without selling anything. You can make art for yourself. You can call yourself an artist for, you know, all sorts of things. There is no criteria. There is no degree that then you get to say artist behind your name. And so I've struggled with that in my life of allowing myself to be creative, but I don't know how to label it either. So how did you push through that? Or when did you come to that realization? Uh, It was thanks to TikTok. For for real? (laughs) For real. (laughs) About, hmm, three years ago when um, the world, you know, went on TikTok to alleviate the boredom of a pandemic. um, I began to follow this artist and she she was a ceramicist and she makes like indescribably beautiful teapots and teacups and they're like totally fantasy and they're mushrooms and they're flowers and they're, I mean, they're things that I would, if, I mean, if I could afford her piece, I would expect to pay thousands and thousands of dollars for them. Like they are that beautiful and just kind of precious. And she, um, she made a whole TikTok about how she in her past has felt pressure to sell her art mm-hmm. and people are always asking, where can I buy it? Do you have an Etsy shop? Do you, do you um, show in a gallery? Like all these things that you would kind of expect of an artist. And she said, I make this for myself and I make this for my friends. And I was so <laughs> blown away that she had, she had the opportunity to like make a living yeah. doing this, but she totally chose like, this is what I do for fun. And I, I was blown away, but it really changed my idea of art and what I create because 
I'm, I mean, I like, I like the hustle and I like to be busy and I like to work and I like to make money. And so I'm always trying to, um, monetize Mm -hmm. my art. And that was so relieving to hear from someone who, you know, I looked at their stuff and just thought, this is amazing that that person didn't feel pressure to monetize it or to sell it. And I was like, oh, we can just make beautiful things just for the sake of it feels good to make something beautiful. Exactly. So now when you create, how aware of your thoughts for what purpose each creative act serves are you like during the day? <laughs> um, on a daily basis, it's difficult. I mean, this is a whole subject too. It's, uh, yeah. I have to really give myself permission because I'm not making a living at this. And so it's not a priority to really set aside time. Like if I, if I were if I had a goal to show in a gallery or to sell in some sort yeah. of, you know, fair or whatever, like I would have a timeline. I'd have to like really treat it like a business. I think it's the hardest when you're just doing it for your own pleasure or your own sanity, in my case, that you that I'm really bad at setting aside the time to just mm-hmm. go sit down and create something because I have all the mundane tasks hanging over my head. And I don't think that head. you're alone in that. And I'm wondering no, I, if we can solve that problem today. Right now, right yeah. here, yeah. Please why not? Do. Like, yeah, they, please solve this. Well, for me. there is this <laughs> idea that you have something in you that only you can express, and if you don't, then it would never happen. And I get, I get sad if if I go really. Day, oh my goodness! If I go like days, just feeling overwhelmed by my domestic tasks that yeah. we share in the house and I'm not doing something creative, then yeah, I feel really, I start to get like panicky and depressed. And so Mm. um, the people I live with are actually very accommodating and they're very kind about my need to just sometimes, okay, there's a huge pile of laundry sitting over there that I started to fold, but I migrated over to my little art corner and there I am sitting, doing something, making something, even repairing something is sometimes enough of a creative thing to just kind of, okay, now I've, I've accomplished something. I've made something yeah. in the world. I can now finish. I, I, I admire that ability just to do that. I am one of those that sets arbitrary rules in my mm-hmm. head about when and how I can create. Once everything is clean and orderly so that my mind is free, then I can then sit down. You can sit. And, and, and do sometimes the creative. it can and be sometimes that works, but it, doesn't always. It, it can sometimes be that carrot. That yeah. You say, okay, if I get this done, then I'm going to spend the rest of the afternoon working on this. And I try to let it be a treat because then, then my mind and my soul, I feel like I've treated myself, you know, and I've gotten something done. But my like ability, my executive function yeah. is not great. And so as probably a lot of labeled creative peoples are, we like to move from one thing, you know, keep the the mm-hmm. serotonin boosts coming and, you know, creativity does that. And so sometimes that's maybe why it's hard to finish things mm-hmm. or finish the boring things before you get to the fun stuff. Sort of part of the process. Right. Which leads me to my next question. How do you define creativity? Everyone does defines it differently. Uh, to me, it's just problem solving. Mm-hmm. Uh, 100%. Like uh, on my resume at the top, mm-hmm. basically say problem solver. And... Um, because I've also been labeled creative, and I actually talk to my students about this really um, 
like really directly, you are in this major, you know, a design major, you are now going to be labeled as a creative person. This is Mm -hmm. what I've experienced, you know, in that. So being a creative person, say, even in a corporate setting, Uh um, I get pulled into a lot of meetings or a lot of um, projects that are not listed on my resume because Mm -hmm. they want what, you know, I'm using air quotes here, like a creative point of view or (laughs) out of the box thinking, like that's kind of what's expected of a creative person. And number one, that's really fun because I get to, you know, I have my fingers on a lot of interesting pies. Um, but number two, it's valuable to people who think that they're not creative. That's so fascinating to me. I, I am really curious about different approaches to creativity. I think that the best way when someone says, oh, I'm not creative or I don't have time or whatever— uh, you know, there's several different approaches that you can take to it. And we're taking all of them on, on the, this series. <laughs> of You can talk about the benefits of, of creativity to your life, to your mental health, which you've s- spoken about. You can also talk about your different approaches to it, like maybe rethinking it in a different way and making, uh, you know, it uh, defining it in a different way. That kind of sparks new ideas. And then I think that, that, that the third way that you can it really introduce it is by just making it part of your habits, making it part of your daily life. And I see that in you in practice. And one thing that I have felt, um, you know, in all the things that I've done, whether it's improvisation or acting or um, writing or painting or designing, all, all the different creative things that I love to do, I really feel like creating like a home environment and sort of a family culture, like mm-hmm. in, in my mothering, is probably the most creative thing that I've ever done because it has not only has it incorporated all of those creative pursuits that I just named, but just more like higher level thinking and 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 um, imagination with all these like little creative beings that you're trying to bring together. And true problem solving. And true problem solving. I've want, I'm wondering what your experience is in, in, in your home environment, in your family culture, in, in becoming a mother. Um, once you've really had an established creative career, um, how that affected it at all? I think um, f- for my whole life, <laughs> um, for me, creativity meant maybe a little bit of like rule bending mm-hmm. or um, what I said earlier, that that thinking outside the box kind of um, cliche where for a lot of people, creativity equals chaos. Sure. Where it just means, you know, color and, you know, excitement and whatever. And for me, creativity in terms of problem solving actually brings order. It brings order to behavior. <laughs> it brings order to space. It brings order to process. And it's just the ability to see your problem as unique. Sometimes the problems are unique. Sometimes they're age old, right? right. Age old problems of raising kids and living in a house and sharing life. Um, But sometimes you can look, I mean, often, every day, I look at our individual problems and think, how can I solve this problem? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not looking for some general generic answer, like, that's not working. How can I help this? And and it brings order. It it, it might be an idea. Oh, I've had some really bad ideas too, though. (laughs) But it might be like an idea of how to uh, change the space to accommodate growing people, for instance, like that's happening in my house. 
Um, I have children that are growing. They've shared a room. They've not shared a room. It goes back and forth, like even nightly. <laughs> Who's sleeping where right. and whatnot. And so I, I'm constantly trying to come up with these ideas that create order, that create space, that give them territory. And, and that can be applied to everything, to behavior, and also to the processes of your house. Of I And I think we share this. I love nothing more than like learning about a new chore chart. I love like a, new a system. Like a new way, a system. Uh-huh. I mean, I love that. But also sometimes what comes with a creative personality or mm-hmm. a creative mindset is we love to find out about it and we create it, but then the follow through becomes hard. And that, I mean, quite frankly, that's my weakness is the follow through. I can develop it. I can set it up, but mm-hmm. sticking well, with it is hard. that's an important point though, because when you are labeled a creative or you think I'm going to solve this problem creatively, they, a lot of times I think we can get in our own way by thinking <laughs> that we have to be good at every part of the creative process. Or and the the creative fun, the project gets out of, like it gets so big and you get yeah. so focused on setting mm-hmm. up that system and making it that then like, it or may you never lose happen. the other people that are involved in it, right? <laughs> you lose everyone else's enthusiasm for it. It can really go, you know, different ways. And <laughs> de- depending on how you, you know, you and how much energy you have, how enthusiastic <laughs> you are at the beginning of the creative process, you know, to see where that takes you. But being able to pivot when you don't know what to do, when something goes wrong, and not to, to be completely crushed by that is, I mean, it, it really teaches me that like having a resilience is part of the creative. You have to be resilient. Process. You have to, you have to make mistakes. You have to And I tell my students this as well, that never become so in love with your own creation. And whether that's like a child or, you know, Mm -hmm. a space or whatever we're talking about, but don't become so enamored with your own project or your own creativity that when it's not accepted, when it's not yeah. implemented, when it's not whatever, that you're not just destroyed. I've worked with people who yeah. were just destroyed if someone didn't like their design idea. So how do you idea. build up a sort of a resistance or a tolerance for somebody to really like be judging your your art, what, whatever it is? I would I would just say like you you have to go into a project understanding that this is one solution, but it's not the only solution. And that um, you just, you got to let go. It's a, it's definitely, I mean, I can feel it in my brain what yeah. it feels like to take a deep breath and let go of your idea. I had so many, you know, like mental fights in conference yeah. rooms, working, knowing that like this was the way that we needed to go, that this was the right way. This was the way that was going to make money. This was the way that's, you know what I mean? Like it was quantifiable. I wasn't trying to say, but it looks prettier. Right, right. I was trying to, you know, and that I just had to be patient um, for the idea to either get better or for everyone else to finally see my point of view. <laughs> That's so hard when it's such a— And sometimes that never happens. Well, and when you're collaborating with somebody else, yes. too. And and to kind of, like, let that ego go. Yes, because my difficult. best ideas have come with collaboration. Like, I'm not embarrassed to say that. Yeah, no, that's, I, I prefer to collaborate with others than to work by myself. I do, too. The dreaded a- group project— is fun magical. I know it can be with the right people. The right people. That's there are for always sure. people that can make it <laughs> horrible. Um, what part does connection play um, with you in creativity on on that same line? When you when you 
are connection trying, with people. Yeah, connection with people or connection with the divine. I mean, connection uh. with your children. I mean, everywhere. What? What? How do you view it? How do you um, frame it in your mind? That's a good question. I, um, many artists. We can get lost in this too, right? Like yeah. this this kind of esoteric idea. I am a person of faith. I believe in God. And I believe that um, we can receive inspiration from outside of ourselves. And many, many, many times, I mean, it could have been, I mean, any sort of project that I've really had to put focus and effort in, like I'm trying to solve this problem um, and answer isn't coming and I've really like worked and reworked and kind of done my best putting in this effort. And then an idea will come that it's like, yes, let's try that. Often like in design work, it would be like flipping a floor plan. Like if I was stuck hmm. on a floor plan that just wasn't moving forward, it just wasn't going, I would literally reverse it. The front is now the back. The left is now the right. And let's see what the, see what that does to flow. Let's see what that does to the privacy. Let's see like whatever needed to happen. And it just allowed it was like a, a break in my wow. rigid train of thought mm-hmm. to allow a new idea to come in. And so it's a matter of accepting that new idea, like giving yourself mm-hmm. an escape route so a new idea can come in or maybe actively seeking that. Like give yourself a moment to meditate. And and I really believe in designing in your head before you get to paper. There's so much that can be done in your brain before you even get to the point you put it on paper. And for me, that's a a huge opportunity for Mm. that inspiration to come. And I can have as many ideas come to me as possible in that moment. And then you can filter through and decide, okay, let's go in this direction and see what happens. So for me, that pre-meditation process for about anything is really counts. Even deciding, what am I going to do today? What do I want to make today? And thinking about it before you go to Pinterest and say, am I going to crochet today or do ceramics or embroidery? Like, you know, but like stop and let your brain work on it first. Trust your brain. I like that. I've never really heard that before of, of, you know, dreaming it before you even get to the medium. And I, of course, you live your life like that. Because you have all the mediums available to you. It's literally a compulsion. <laughs> I, I have I have a compulsion to create. Like even when we go camping, yeah. I bring like glue and string and scissors. And I'm not just gonna sit there. I'm gonna gather sticks and I'm gonna make a little fairy house and I'm gonna like I, I have okay. to be busy. It's a little bit of my ADHD as well. So but what inspires you right now? Where are you finding your <laughs> you're you're being pulled and drawn to right now creatively right now i'm i am really enjoying the ceramics but because i'm not very good at it it's changed my idea about what i wanted to do with it oh. and so instead of like instantly becoming the ceramicist and maybe monetizing that i have realized a couple of things number 1 it takes a really long time to come up to my own standards of what i would make and sell and number two, a whole new path opened up with like classes of of this could be an opportunity to go back to school and to like or to go to. I mean, they have um, conferences and retreats for all sorts of arts, right? Painting and drawing and and weaving and all that that you can go to and experience. This is what other people do. This is their process. And I'm still totally interested in exploring all of those options right now before I decide then to kind of 
monetize it. So this summer, it it to keep me busy when I can't be doing ceramics, I'm trying to sew. I'm trying to sew more. <laughs> I love it. It just is never ending. And that's no. what excites me about it. There's so many things I think in my life that I have to do, complete. But just to have the open-ended idea of creativity could really like be a... A, a, a great way to think of it. Thank you so much for joining us today. My and pleasure. For this continuing our creativity um, series. I could talk to you forever. <laughs> Carrie Ann Rhodes, friends of The Lisa Show. Thank you for joining The Lisa Show's creative um, series. And I hope that you'll go back and watch our other episodes with other artists, that it will inspire you to try something new, to see yourself as a creative and claim your own creative identity. Mm-hmm. 